Saturn is either responsible energy and it is going retrograde today for the next four months in Aquarius, the zodiac of social. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissist abuse. Being that we are empaths, people pleasers, we need to work on our boundaries with narcissists, toxic people, and energy drainers. This is an auspicious, if you want to call that, a wonderful time the next four months for us to really focus in our self-development and our inner self our inner strength and emotional intelligence to have a renewed sense of vigor with our boundaries. Saturn's influence here will have you looking at your routines, restructuring and revisiting in the retrograde different aspects of your responsibilities. And if a responsibility is unsustainable, it will begin to reveal the damage, stress, burnout, anxiety, frustration. Your relationship with your body is also up for review as you learn which structures and routines best support you. It's not a good time to be neglectful of your needs and your emotional and physical needs. It's not an option anymore. And with a recent new beginning in this area of your life, major patterns have been set and is already underway for you to gain strength, resolve in your boundaries. You can serve this ability to draw boundaries by giving both yourself and your boundaries, your physical needs, your emotional needs, some thoughtful consideration. Take more time to meditate. Take more time to journal. Find a daily ritual that strengthens your emotions. So thinking back to what was the dominant theme in your life in 2018? This is when this interaction happened. Back in 2018, Saturn in Aquarius. In regards to your responsibility, your creativity, your relationships, yourself, your mental health, and even possibly relationship with your children. This seriously is a transformative time and transformative energy for your process and to setting boundaries. So I'm going to get into how to set boundaries if you have not yet started or need a review in this area. I wanted to take a quick break from the show to just share with you what I am offering and I'm so excited to provide. First off, you can purchase my book on Amazon, Empath and the Narcissist, A Healing Guide for People Pleasers. I am creating a course that I'm so lovingly calling Embracing Your Black Sheep. This is something that's near and dear to my heart, and so I can't wait to offer this to you to gain clarity, to heal from the narcissist and toxic abuse, as well as really tuning into yourself and adjusting your expectations, creating healthy boundaries, being able to say no, and really strengthening your own inner autonomy. 
These are really trying times and it's important that us empaths are strengthened, are supported, and this is the goal of this course. So if you'd like to join the waiting list and sign up today to get the latest news on when it's being released, which I imagine should be around August, sign up in the link in the description in the show notes. The link to the book as well as my merchandise store is also in the link in the show notes. I am raising money through my merchandise to help donate, to raise awareness for common sense gun laws, to stop the heinous free willy-nilly ability to be able to purchase a gun when you're mentally unstable. This needs to end. And so my merch, all of the profits right now are going towards this cause. So go and check out my merch store. There's items for children, journals, shirts, hats, and I'm constantly adding more to be more of a vocal voice in our society for inclusion. Can't wait for you to check those out. I can't wait to hear from you. And now back to the show. Okay, this is a really cool one. Newharbinger.com states there are three steps to take a for a stronger boundary. This actually helps to reinforce your boundaries, which is perfect for the retrograde in Saturn. So write a list of everything in your life that you feel resentful about. Every relationship and every aspect of your work and social life, your chores, your home responsibilities, everything. And then spend some time contemplating where you need to say no and set a boundary. Why do we have trouble setting boundaries in the first place? Well, as an empath, you're not just aware of the emotions of the people around you. You can also have trouble distinguishing other people's emotions from your own especially when you have an open solar plexus center in your human design chart. That is the triangle down to the right, and it will be white if it's open or undefined more specifically. Opened is if you have zero number gates defined as well. So when this is undefined, you are amplifying other people's emotions. And if you're not conscious about it, you will not understand what is your emotion and what is not. And when you don't understand that, all you're doing to try and relieve the pressure of that negative emotion in your body is to do whatever it takes to get it away, right? It's like a a river traveling through and it hits a block of rock. It's going to start carving through that, finding a way around it to continue to move forward. And water also flows with the path of released resistance. And that's exactly what you are doing when you're people-pleasing the path of least resistance and conflict to relieve the emotional pressure from your body. And so once you become conscious of that and realize that, you then can put a wall up and say, nope, that's not my emotion. So therefore, I don't need to give in or people please because it's not mine to fix. It's not my pressure to relieve. That's their problem, not my problem. And it's a practice of perpetual 
not caring. You know, it's so hard for us empaths. We deeply care. But some instances, it is healthy for us to not care. If someone's feeling anxious about something around us, and it's not that big a deal, but they're kind of blowing it out of proportion because they have that defined center, you need to be able to just not care. It's okay. What's the worst that can happen? The EFT tapping helped me a lot with that process because I was able to, within myself, know that my big emotions were not life or death. And so the other person's emotions are also not life or death. Therefore, I didn't feel guilty when I didn't care about it because I knew that it would resolve itself within time if I didn't feed into it. Does that make sense? So also, if you have an open will center, that's a little tiny triangle just down to the right of your throat center in your human design chart. You are amplifying other people's agendas other people's will to do something you always wonder like why is this such intelligent person speaking for all of these conspiracy theories and being really passionate about it or why is this very you know kind-hearted person pushing this you know anti like don't say gay law like that doesn't make any sense these are really nice people okay well they could be amplifying an agenda of someone else who has the hate inside them, who has the fear inside them, and they've bought into the BS. Like this is a really good sign also. Like if you have a, a undefined white will center, do not ever say yes to a multi-level marketing company, which you probably have and regretted a couple times, right? Their will to sell, their will to spread the company and the the promise of the product across the world through social interactions is so infectious and you're amplifying their excitement and desire that it puts you in a really bad spot. So be careful of that. So this is why I love talking just briefly about human design. So you know your types, you know your energy centers, and you know how to safeguard yourself and what signs to look out for in being pulled into these different agendas. And also how your brain processes it, your head center and your ajna center have a lot to do with that, where you can really hold on tight to a certain belief that may not be true or founded in any facts, um, as this is how misinformation can be spread. And you lock on to it because you have that defined head center and you kind of get fixated on one side versus having a nice balance of perspectives um, investigating and all the things right so we can easily be persuaded and manipulated by the narcissist so how can we draw powerful boundaries and paths I go back to the list I have here in my notes Number one, you need to identify your own needs. And again, take an inventory of what you put up with. Identify things in your life that are non-negotiable. And if the scenario you're in is negotiating those non-negotiables, then that is a huge red flag for you to know that this person is not respecting your boundaries. So how to do this? You journal and think of events before that have happened and take a trip down memory lane and identify what works for you and what doesn't. 
Number two, you want to pause to check in with your inner authority before saying yes. And again, you can find your inner authority in your human design chart. I'm a huge advocate for knowing about your human design chart. I get a little bit um, squeamish when I start to go too deep into any concept because I myself have a defined head and ajna center and I can get really locked on and almost dogmatic about certain beliefs. So I find myself um, pulling back from talking about human design, but knowing that I need to just to give everyone like a informational summary, right? But be careful about creating just yet another tool for your self-development into something that is dogmatic. That is, again, another box that you're putting yourself in, rules or ways to justify you not developing and evolving as a soul. But the great thing is you do have this human design tool to help you know what your, your inner authority is. And sometimes it may not always be exactly this. You know, your intuition talks to you in many different ways. So that's really all this is saying that I'm saying is check in with your intuition. So if you have that sacral authority, your intuition comes from your gut. It comes from a feeling and asking yourself yes or no. Not always, but most of the time. Your intuition, if you have the emotional authority, comes with you feeling it out. How does it feel in your body? Get excited about it, ride the wave, find the neutral, ask yourself again, ride the wave of feeling really down about it, scared, anxious. And once you regain back to that neutral position in your emotional cycle again, ask yourself, does this feel right? Is this the right decision for me? Is this what is what this person's saying? Fact, does it feel right? Let's check into that versus just blindly believing. And of course, as we've talked about in the past episodes um, with a few of our guests, is when something in your body reacts the opposite of what the person is saying verbally, let's say the narcissist, um, you know, they may be saying, I love you, or I want to make it up to you, or they may be, you know, trying to love bomb you. If your body is tightening up and pulling back and restricting, or you feel like you want to cry because it hurts when they say I love you because they've been neglecting you so much or emotionally abusing you, that there is your intuition and your body screaming at you and saying, don't trust this wolf in sheep's clothing. Number three, how to draw powerful boundaries is to shift your perspective. And when you've checked in with your inner authority, you know you can confidently and unwaveringly feel good about saying yes or no to a boundary or situation. You have the ability to shift your perspective. Now, shifting your perspective is huge. And this is really what's helped me. Ah. Uh, get over the hurdle of feeling like, oh, but they're going to think that I'm a bad person or I don't care or the, all of the different excuses that we use to people please and to put ourselves last. So consider how it will make you feel rather than how they will feel about you or your actions, how they will judge you, how the, they will talk about you, how they possibly will treat you in the future. That's not really under your control, nor should it be a concern. 
Um, and if your identity is linked into another person and their approval and how they act towards you and how they love you, that brings me into a really another big, deep consciousness shift for you. It's a red flag. And I want to talk a little further about that. So when you're able to deepen your self-love to free your identity from being codependent on the narcissist, on um, your toxic parents, uh, a toxic family member, or a toxic lover, or friends even, or a social group, um, when you deepen your self-love and gain different perspectives and tap into your inner authority and start developing and cultivating your garden that you have within yourself and healing your inner child and doing all of this work. When you do that, your identity becomes free from the shackles of everyone else. And all of a sudden, you just don't care. You draw a boundary, you're like, I don't care if you don't like it, this is what I need to do for me, right? You do you, I do me. And so all of a sudden, you have this light bulb go off but it takes a while because as a child, if you experienced emotional dismissal or abandonment due to a strict ideology or a wounded parent or a narcissistic parent, you were not fully heard. You were not fully seen or known or nurtured to develop your healthy sense of yourself. And a healthy way that a child learns a strong sense of their self is when a parent gives them attention in a healthy way. They're interested in what, you know, hobbies they have. They listen to how their day was. They listen to their concerns. They listen to their stories and they encourage their strengths without judgment, without saying, you know, oh, that's shameful or that's wrong or that's weird. All those really negative words are very powerful to our child's self-identity and to your inner child self-identity, talking to yourself too. And so what happens when you connect like this with yourself and or as a child with a parent, this helps that child know that they matter, know that the, their identity is exactly who they feel it is. And they know that they're enough just as they are because there's no measures to meet up. There's no religious dogma to, to meet up against there's no um, parent to strive to be perfect for because they've already had their emotional needs fulfilled. And this is part of the narcissist's problem is they don't have this in their childhood. And so they go on this whole negative spiral and attack others outwardly so that their identity is boosted. So as much as we may be dependent on our self-identity being outside of ourselves, that is how the narcissist is operating as well. So you get this horrible storm of insecure children trying to get emotional needs met by each other and uh, when the narcissist lashes out because that's how they've coped and reacted it's very painful and traumatic and hurtful so as we move forward and understanding as a child like you are enough right uh, even as an adult finally realizing i am enough just as i am and those of you who have chased after others' approval, you may need to recognize that you did not get that emotional nurturing and freedom that you needed as a child in your childhood. 
And as a child, if you questioned or felt like an outsider in any way of your family's beliefs, their systems, their structures, their culture, which some of us are born with in our charts, probably most all of us, but I don't have your charts in front of me, and you're meant to be different. So yes, we've always felt different and alone in the black sheep. And you didn't feel seen, you didn't feel known or heard, even if your parents tried and they just didn't have the tools to do so. You may betray your self-convictions as a child growing up through your teenage years and even now as an adult to fit in and to gain approval of your family or social circle. You then overly focus on others outside of yourself and be who they need you to be to verify their beliefs. Therefore, neglecting your own beliefs, spending little to no time on your self-development and self-identity to know what you need and want and desire to be able to even know where to begin to draw boundaries. So you see how important it is to gain perspective outside of the social circles and families that you're in. And all of this impacts your adult relationships because you're approaching them as a child. So is the narcissist. They're approaching them in a very traumatic, wounded, hateful, childlike way. So as you enter into adult relationships, you can imagine you're entering into them wounded. And it probably will be toxic because you're used to toxic type relationships. Um, And keeping toxic family relationships in your life that constantly push you over and over again your boundaries. You blur the lines of ego, of who you are, and who they are. You blur the lines of what your true soul wants and what your ego is protecting you to do to stay safe. Your ego really is kind of like your tiny inner child. And you're just pleasing the crowd. And you change depending on who you're with. And some may have the fortunate um, circumstance that you have somebody in your life to call you out on <laughs> your shape-shifting attitudes who's consistently with you all the time. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard for our ego always defense us and saying, oh, well, I just was just doing the right thing or I was just being nice when they're trying to call you out and say, hey, you're changing when you're around those people. You're not like that when you're around me or when you're at home. And due to this lack of self-identity and self-autonomy, what you're doing is you're seeking your self-fulfillment from those who are outside of yourself. And you're easily tricked into falling in love with a narcissist because they play into that hand so well. Those who are healthy will not give you the emotional high like a drug that the narcissists do. And you typically will kind of be bored of them or not really like them. So there's your responsibility side that you need to take hold of is that real healthy love doesn't give you euphoria right away, all the time, whatever. There can be a moment of it. But typically a healthy person is pretty stable within themselves internally. So they don't need you. So they're not going to love bomb you because like, ah, okay, well, she doesn't want to hang out that's fine that's cool and then you know you don't get a text or a call for like 24 hours or more and you're panicking you're you're panicking because your self-identity and worth has now been placed into this person who you think is going to be giving you all this attention so 
And your outward attention seeking really is to identify yourself as loved. Am I loved? Oh, let, let me, you know, test it here, test it there. You know, the love bombing phase makes you feel extremely loved, but it's not real. And will more than likely attract that another person out, that who is seeking outside identity as an unhealthy source as well. Therefore, the empath and the narcissist. And all it is, is like what Natasha was talking about, is like a leaking wound that is like magnetically drawing together and, and latching up towards each other. But when you heal these wounds and you plug up all these holes in your energy, you're able to be confident and calm in yourself and detract all the toxic and really kind of cut them all out of your life. And when conflict arises, when you're in this internally unstable situation with another unhealthy person, right, a toxic person, when the conflict arises, you both shift into your toxic coping mechanisms and then hurt each other. Your self-identity seeking in others has you doing this through gaining validation, approval, and attention from others. This is such an interesting example. Does it sound familiar? What just happened in court in front of the public eye with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. There is so much wounding, childhood wounding, toxicity, and bad coping mechanisms that they both brought to the relationship. So your desire and hope for these needs makes you tolerate emotional abuse because you think that that's the only way you're going to get these needs met at a very emotional high. You tolerate toxic relationships. You accept less than you deserve and chase after love from those who lazily wouldn't give it to you in the first place because it all feels better than being alone. Let's face it. The real harsh truth is you haven't sat with yourself alone long enough to love yourself enough to be able to be alone with yourself. And since you never had the chance to know and love yourself as an independent human being growing up, you weren't nurtured those developmental tools. Now it's your turn as the adult to do it for your inner child now through meditation, inner child healing, and all the work on the meditations playlist and in my book, Empath and the Narcissist. So all of that to say, number three is shift your perspective away from your self-seeking love and attention from outside of yourself and start to shift into a more zen, a more loving and a more balanced side of yourself. And when you do that, again, when you draw boundaries, you all of a sudden shift into, I don't care if you don't like this boundary or not. This is what I need for myself, for my sanity, for my peace. And if you have children, for my children. Number four, see their reactions as a litmus test. I always say you can't control the other person's reaction, but it sure does tell you if they really actually love you as a healthy human being or not. The health of your relationship and their investment in you as a person or even their ability to love you unconditionally or the uh, tools that they have, it will show how healthy or unhealthy they are. And that reaction to your boundary will tell you <laughs> if this person is just someone you need to cut out altogether 
because they're toxic and they're, you know, starting to manipulate you, gaslight you, turn all of this back on you and get really upset and throw a, a temper tantrum like a child? Or are they healthy and they say, oh, I see you. I hear you. I respect your boundary. Right? And then you can have a conversation about how can we meet, you know, how can we get together in a different way that you would feel energized or invested in, you know, and they'll, they'll start to see that you, you need something. You'll be able to open up because you're safe and tell them what you need. Right? But you can't tell them what you need until you know for yourself what you need, which therefore involves self-development and alone time. Right? Um, reflective time with your journal and meditation. And when they react, you'll see, are they really someone to continue to work on that relationship with and invest in as a person? And they're willing to invest in you? Or is this person just using you as a tool to make them feel better? So the last point is the litmus test. I think that's the most powerful tool you can really <laughs> place. And I've experienced that in real real time, drawing a boundary for, you know, safety of myself, safety of my children during this COVID pandemic, and finding out that that is not a value to some people in my life. And I've had to just be able to realize that they don't, they don't care for me as much as I care for them. The litmus test one. They don't care to find a place to meet in the middle. They really didn't want to invest time in me. Otherwise, they would have. Um, and I needed to stop chasing that relationship, which was never going to be reality. It never was a reality. But in my head, I had made it into a reality. And it was really difficult because it was a blood relationship. Just say, hey, this is what I need. Can we do it this way? And they're like, nope, not budging, not at all going to compromise. Then it just, yeah, you just assume. You assume that blood is thicker than water. But in the truth, when you test them with these boundaries, it's not. And I'm still young, and I have still a lot more to learn in that part of my life. With Saturn being in my third house of siblings. So that's it, my impasse of how to draw powerful boundaries. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope that this has served you. If you gained empowerment and wisdom and encouragement from this podcast, please take a screenshot and share it to your socials and tag me at Raven Scott Show. And make sure, if you're new here, to rate and review this podcast so others can start receiving this message that I have to provide healing and to gain your sparkle back after narcissist abuse. And remember... Always keep your unique light shining. We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic, believe you could have it, and I know of sadness, the anxious and panic, the infinite vastness of all.